You are listening to Get With IT, a podcast by IT Ops Times. I'm Jacob Lukowitz, multimedia editor at IT Ops Times. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Today, we're going to be talking about how AI can reel in overwhelming cloud sprawl and simplifying the ever-growing modern data stack. With me today is Jeremiah Stone, CTO of intelligent automation provider SnapLogic. Hi, Jeremiah. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. So to start off, can you tell our audience a little bit about what is cloud sprawl and why has it become such a problem for organizations today? Sure. Uh, You know, it's uh, sort of a mixed blessing, I think. On the one hand, every one of us, no matter what our profession is or, you know, our focus in our work, probably has a micro economy focused on helping us be better at what we do. Uh, tools that help us in our daily work, uh, you know, things that are geared towards addressing our specific professional needs. And those typically show up as uh, cloud-based services that we access through through our web browser. And so on the one hand, that's great. We've got all these creative, amazing people looking to help us effectively gain superpowers. On the other hand, now, rather than, you know, a single, say, system that is designed for a given uh, industry or or professional focus, we now have hundreds or thousands of uh, individual companies that are focused on, say, a domain like marketing, human resources, or product development. And so what that creates is a continued and accelerating fragmentation of the application landscape that are used within companies today. And the, the paradox, of course, is on the one hand, we want to enable everyone to meet, exceed, and, and grow their potential uh, to do what they do best. On the other hand, uh, we want to understand our businesses. Therefore, the data that is created and, and used and the work that we do is important. And, of course, we have security and compliance concerns that um, explode significantly when we have all of these uh, individual applications. And so this mm-hmm. bro- broad problem is what's known as uh, cloud sprawl, because you can imagine a given company doesn't have to be a big one, could have hundreds or thousands of individual business applications at use at any given moment. Mm-hmm. I see. So what are you seeing as like the biggest challenge that organizations are facing when it comes to uh, managing data in modern cloud-based environments? Well, I think broadly, most companies that I work with encourage their employees to be the best they can be. Uh, However, they also want to have the business that the 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 company is is focused on be connected and business mm-hmm. processes integrated and in that uh, we're not just enabling individuals we're enabling teams we're enabling uh, businesses more broadly and so the two primary you know vocal areas that I see our um, community members focusing on is how how do they connect and integrate business processes that cross individuals or departmental boundaries and how they unify the data uh, from these different applications so they can have a continuous and ongoing view of their business and trying to balance those two worlds, individual productivity and effectiveness, but also company productivity uh, and velocity and, and ultimately cost. Right. It's a delicate balance there. Um, so how are you seeing that AI can help organizations manage their cloud infrastructure more effectively? Well, there, there are multiple different domains where AI and machine learning are you know, coming to the fore right now. I, I'd say the number one area that, that our community is actively using it today, not just exploring, is for reuse. Um, and for standardization. And so the the challenge, of course, if you have many departments or individuals uh, working uh, in these different tools is, is how do you 
unify them. They have different data mm-hmm. structures, different semantics, different um, you know individual data types, et cetera. And so bringing those together either in a process or um, into data that is unified and reusable is really challenging. And, and that's where we are seeing a focused use of machine learning. You know, just starting off with pattern recognition, has somebody else in my company built an integration of these tools before? Um, that's a mm-hmm. that's a non-trivial question because you have to actually analyze the endpoints and the data. Uh, the just what it you know what people call an integration that they build is not enough. Um, and th- and that's mm-hmm. sort of the the next byproduct that we tend to see in this progression is sort of a hairball of point to point connections where there's a lot of duplication of the connections. And so that's one place where a um, machine learning uh, can can be put to use is to uh, go ahead and analyze the underlying data structures and provide suggestions um, in the first effect for reuse mm-hmm. and even potentially uh, generation um, of the, the content in the second effect. I'd say that's where most of the experimentation is today. The analysis is is pretty robust of, of providing reuse. Uh, someone else has already done this. You should just reuse theirs. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but um, now more and more uh, generating the target integration, whether it's application or data, uh, based on the user intent. And and that allows then for a much more efficient and effective and maintainable um, infrastructure. That, that's, that's the primary focus we see. We also see large-scale analysis of complex, heterogeneous um, enterprise landscapes. They're uh, using you know, more advanced techniques to cluster and group different application types, integrations, and data types uh, as well. So in, in the end effect, it's, it's applying these tools as data analysis uh, tools, uh, which is great because that's what they're ultimately been made for. So there's not a lot of, um, I'd say, challenges with applying this technology to the problem. Uh, it's more helping individuals who work in this area gain access uh, to these tools. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, it seems like now it's it's every company that wants to jump in on the AI bandwagon. So is there is there any suggestions for those that want to start out with AI in their infrastructure? Well, the good news is that uh, there's a lot of public good publicly available information on these tools, and the open source community is very vibrant and and robust for sort of the baseline um, technologies. And I certainly would encourage uh, all. Um, you know, engineering IT professionals to gain a, a level of understanding because the good news is that this is not, you know, mystical, otherworldly technology. It's actually mm-hmm. relatively straightforward if you, if you dig in and understand it. In terms of working with uh, vendors or providers who are claiming to have, um, you know, uh, really cap- deep capabilities here, I think uh, tenure of work does matter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Andy Jassy of AWS says, there's, there's no compression algorithm for experience, and it's mm-hmm. definitely the truth. So how, how long have you been in this domain, and can you show me um, the, the work that you've done, I think is an important question. Uh, so you know, the, the maturity of the work is good. And then I think the specificity of um, you know, provable capabilities is also good. I, with any hype cycle, there's going to be a, a period under which um, you know, lots of buzzwords and, you know, claims are thrown around and i think getting as quickly as possible to a specific problem with a logical and clear explanation of how the value is created is really important i think we've all been burned by taking a leap of faith without asking how you know every every uh technology vendor in the world has a 
12 slide, you know, 12 slide deck that says you need to go faster. Well, we all know that mm-hmm. <laughs> the question is how, and, and the specifics of, of how to get there. And I'd say that that's probably the most useful um, advice I can give is, is to be, you know, brave and demand that you understand, you know, how this will actually address your problems because uh, it's, it's not unobtainium. It's, it's, you know, things that can be explained clearly. And mm-hmm. I think anybody should, should demand that. I see. So are there any specific metrics to ensure that that value is being created in, in this context? Well, I think the metrics luckily are the core metrics we typically look for uh, in terms of a return on investment, understanding a pre post application of the technology. Uh, so, you know, I think in, in our context from software development, the, the number one that I go back to the, the Dora metrics, you know, from, uh, the work that's been done in the DevOps community, you know, what is your lead time? How many, how often do you push into production? You know, what is your change frequency rate, your mean time to recovery? Our metrics are the same. And that that's, mm-hmm. I think, really important to remember is that any application of these types of technologies are core software development metrics. And, you know, how does it have a meaningful impact on how quickly you can get into production, how high quality the work is, um, and how, how useful the, the tools actually are. And, and I think the, that's what's really exciting here is where you see some of the co-pilot work happening with GitHub or some other mm-hmm. tools like that. Um, the, the analogs are pretty good. And so, you know, are we able to produce a higher quality product more quickly, get it into production more quickly and have lower um, error rates, I think are, are good guiding metrics. Of course, individual types of machine learning techniques have their own quality metrics, uh, and that's really domain-specific. Um, mm. what you're focusing on, it's really, you know, a, a trade-off, um, between, you know, bias and performance, you know, that mm-hmm. typically higher performance, uh, performing tools have a higher bias, um, you know, and, you know, they're looking to have that balance there mm-hmm. and, and bias here. I mean, not from a cultural perspective, but from a domain of training data perspective. I see. Okay. And, um, for the future of, of working with AI, are you seeing that that everyone in the organizations will be using it somehow within their workflow? I, I think so. I think this is definitely comparable to, um, you know, sort of the transition between, say, Usenet and the web, right? So the, mm-hmm. the core things that we're trying to accomplish, whether it's information sharing, creation, or, or business delivery, is going to be, um, you know, broadly similar, but the accessibility and speed with which um, you know, our, our work is done will change. And so I think whether you're a, a designer, a developer, a quality engineer, or an end user, uh, you know, these, these tools have likely already made an impact, um, on our work, uh, and will continue to do so. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, all of us use AI in some form or another in the consumer world, whether it's, um, map, you know, mapping, uh, and driving directions, uh, or, you know, web search, that sort of thing. And I think we'll just see a continued, uh, leap forward and evolution of, I think the co-pilot metaphor for content mm-hmm. generation or coding, that sort of thing is, is probably the most near-term impact that we're, we're seeing. Great. Yeah, it's all very interesting. And thank you so much for your insight. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add about how to kind of reel in cloud, cloud sprawl or simplify the data stack? That we haven't talked about well on the, on the modern data stack and we talked a lot about the the cloud sprawl and and application um side of things and i think on on the the modern data stack you know, the the speed with which we can get access to this data is similarly supported you know by 
um, AI and ML. And there it's, it's a little bit different because it's looking for how quickly can you get to the analytic or the insight um, that is, is desired by the business or the end user. And what is the, the cost uh, to do that? So here, for example, you know, we, we are seeing generative tooling uh, come to the fore for doing things like SQL script generation um, or you know uh, scheduling data loads or connecting those worlds. And that's a lot of the work we're focused on. Um, mm -hmm. right now um, and you know really looking to increase the productivity and quality of of a analytics engineer or a data engineer uh, to help that out and I think there we have a different problem which is more tool sprawl you know our, our stacks now uh, in the last several years in, in many cases have turned out where you need five six seven different tools that don't interact well with each other and create a broader sprawl um, around themselves and I'd say you know I'd look for convergence uh, there and that's mm -hmm. what you know, we're certainly focused is how do we take the the cost and error prone elements out of that and, and really converge to a clean simplified tool chain for delivering the benefits of a cloud-centric data stack all right great and um are there any resources or any any place that our listeners can go to to learn more about that absolutely i uh, can certainly uh, visit uh, our uh, website at, at snaplogic.com and we have a active blog uh, we have a, a separate podcast as well automating the enterprise which uh, is not product centric it's really industry um, oriented mm -hmm. uh, and we're active uh, in, in, in the typical uh, social media places your listeners are also more than welcome to uh, hit me up on Twitter or LinkedIn uh, and uh, you know or, or email jstone at snaplogic.com I'm very active in the community and really this is about going fast together and and collaborating to help really reinvent our space and really looking forward to that. Thank you for having me today. Great. Looks like that's all the time we have for today's show. And I want to thank you again for coming on. Thank you, Jacob. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. 